0: If you are into sustainability and cannabis, this show is for you. Hi, I'm Benjamin Douglas Ray, the creator and host of Sustainable Cannabis TV, a daily 30-minute interview show focused on sustainable practices within the cannabis industry. Sustainable Cannabis TV is designed to give listeners in-depth insights, knowledge, and stories of industry professionals who are positive impacting the world and making a difference. This show is brought to you by my line of organic hemp CBD products called 8 Saints Brand. THC free creams, balms, and tinctures to ease joint pain, reduce anxiety, and help you sleep better. Check them out at 8SaintsBrand.com. It's uh, Benjamin Douglas Ray with Sustainable Cannabis TV. Today I have Asa Goldstein. How are you doing? Good. How are you, Benjamin? Great. Excellent. How was your weekend? It was good. Got a lot done. How was yours? It was good. It was good. You know, we watched plenty of football. There was a crazy football game on last night with the Browns, if you saw that. Not First uh, 14 seconds were <laughs> crazy if you're into football. But, you know, being here in Colorado, as you are, you're in Boulder, correct? Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. here in Denver. So, you know, take uh, football pretty seriously. Yeah. But, so Ace is the founder and creative director of Brand Shine Creative Services, and he helps impact brands uh, come to market and helps them growth. So I would like you to tell the viewers today about, you know, your history, your background and really what Brand Shine is about and, and what you enjoy working on here today.
1: Absolutely. So, I've always had an interest in branding and advertising. And as I matured and got my degree in strategic communications and entrepreneurship, I started to get more exposure to advertising agencies. And what I found was that I was just, I, I wasn't, I wanted to put my talents to a use that I felt was bettering the world. And every one of them worked with one client or another that I didn't support. I didn't like what they were doing. I knew they had unethical practices or the products they were producing weren't good for the environment or good for people. And I knew that after talking to all these copywriters and creative directors that were mentoring me, um, that I, I just felt that I wanted to be contributing in a positive way. And I didn't want the crowning achievement of my career to be that I wrote a slogan for processed meat or something. I wanted to make a, a real positive difference in the world. Uh, so I started looking into cannabis branding. And I did a few internships with cannabis branding agencies. And I ended up writing my bachelor's thesis on cannabis branding after interviewing a lot of creative directors and, and uh, uh, branding agency CEOs in the field and uh, as I I moved out to Boulder, Colorado to pursue that career and and so the, where
0: did you come from and and why Boulder?
1: Sure. so I'm from Minnesota and I came to Boulder to escape Minnesota. <laughs> it's very cold there and terrible. Uh, I like it enough that I didn't want to stay there forever though. Uh, it's, uh, culturally it's not really my thing. I'm not a big hockey and casserole kind of guy. <laughs> um, I, I came to visit Boulder, my cousin lives here and I just kind of fell in love. I realized that the culture here where everybody's very healthy and very conscious of their diet, uh, there's recycling and composting on every street corner, which I thought was really cool and so many performers on Pearl Street and I'm I'm, a, I'm an artist, musician myself. And I realized that if there's a place that I'm gonna really thrive over the next few years of my life, it would be it would be here in Boulder. So
0: did you do your, your internships in cannabis in Minnesota or was that here?
1: So I did them throughout college and after college online, mostly remotely. So I, I worked with agencies in Maryland and California and Colorado and, and Washington. So I was able to get exposure to, to all different parts of the country, uh, which I thought was really important because the cannabis industry varies so much in all, all those states, especially three or four or five years ago when I was first doing those internships, when it was much more scattered and different regulations in different states, different approaches. Uh, And that was something I explored in my bachelor's thesis, is how different branding was on the East Coast versus the West Coast. So it was good to have that sort of, that bandwidth. So talking about
0: the benefits of sustainability in terms of kind of a, you know, part of the brand for cannabis specifically, how do you see that as, as a value?
1: Sure, so I'd say it's the number one value you can have in your company today. Not just a value, but a practice, right? Because first and foremost, I want, There's so many things to say. <laughs> people, first of all, who have an interest in cannabis or have been exposed to cannabis, most of them have become more conscious of their environment. They become more aware of their own health, their own feelings, more empathy toward other people. I mean, these are just the common reported effects of cannabis. I don't think I'm saying anything too radical. Um, and that's what it did for me as well and really helped with my ADHD. And so what I found is that people really want to be sustainable. They want to buy brands that are sustainable, whether they're in cannabis or not but I think especially cannabis consumers do. And that the biggest key part of branding is making an authentic connection with your audience.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and by being sustainable and sharing that value with them, even if, even if you don't directly, how do I put this? Uh, maybe not everybody is interested in being sustainable, but those that are you will reach them and you'll also make a positive impact and expose people who aren't necessarily as interested in being sustainable to being sustainable um so it's a, it's a great opportunity to form that authentic connection and people want to buy from brands that they share values with across the board mm-hmm. so whether that's you know we value danger <laughs> where we, we help people on their harley davidson's we value adventure people who are adventurous are going to gravitate toward that brand so if you can effectively communicate why you are sustainable how you're sustainable and what impact you're making in the world and there's an audience out there that will say wow that brand's just like me, they're not going to think twice before buying your brand.
0: So, you know, on on this show and everyone who's been on this show and most of the viewers are into cannabis, into sustainability and understand the value of branding and marketing. What would you say about everyone else in the world and in the United States, specifically in terms of understanding sustainability and the value of putting that on brands well, I guess my, my question is, how do you reach them as well? Because there are many parts of there are many people in the States who have no idea about cannabis, about marketing, about sustainability, about branding. So mm-hmm. how how not only in cannabis, but in the brands that you work on, how do you get that across so that you can affect them in a positive way to bring them toward the, the understanding the value of sustainability?
1: So just to rephrase, you're asking me how do I communicate to business owners and people who are starting brands the importance of being sustainable?
0: I'm saying if you're the mainstream, how Mm -hmm. would you understand sustainability through branding if it was something that you never, ever came across or don't
1: understand? Okay. Um, Well, I would say, first of all, that sustainability is becoming mainstream, and it should be. And that's part of what I'm doing at Brand Shine is trying to make sustainability mainstream. What I've noticed is... You know, policy is good, but it moves slowly. Government policy on sustainability and, and impact. Boycotting is fine. It works sometimes, but these big corporations like Nestle or McDonald's or whatever else, their practices haven't changed that much over time. And why I think branding is so important to changing the world in that way is that branding is how we interact with the market. It's how the market, how companies speak to us. It's how we perceive these companies and their brands. Um, and, by branding and creating those sustainable products, we enable people to choose better, to choose better choices in the marketplace, right? Because historically, ecologically friendly brands don't look that great. The vegan, organic brands—they have a little leaf logo. Right. You can Pass them aside and see them as hippy dippy. Um, and the fastest way to change culture and to change to change how people think and how people feel toward those brands is to brand them as if they're mainstream products and let allow them to topple those mainstream, those mainstream corporations. So that's I what I
0: not as necessarily a sustainable look and feel traditional, you know, like, you know, brown and green leaves. Right. It's exactly. Good design principles that talk about the value or the merits of um, sustainability, which aren't necessarily a logo, but it's everything that the company comes across as, or it's how you answer the phone, how you treat your employees. Do you recycle? Do you have corporate social responsibility? All those things can come across in your brand, not just a logo that the mainstream might think that's what branding is.
1: Absolutely. So this actually isn't as fringe as you might think anymore. Unilever, which is the the corporation behind Dove and several other major CPG brands recently did a, a research study. And they found that almost over 80% of people will choose to buy a sustainable product instead of the product they've been using, as long as that that brand, that company can effectively communicate their sustainable difference. And there's a $1 trillion market opportunity in impact brands.
0: The um, After this, if you could post some links to those, I think those would be valuable for okay. the users to, to go through those. Absolutely. So how do you think that, um, a cannabis brand or, or good branding, sustainable branding, can be a catalyst to make the world, let's say, a better place.
1: Right. So basically what I just said, but also. Um, if we can create. Here, here's the problem is that for decades and decades, these massive corporations with harmful practices have used these branding and advertising principles. Uh, to cause harm and to deceive us, really. When we see ads on TV, we're very disconnected from what it means, right? For example, branding, it can be as simple as as calling cow beef or pig pork. It, It disconnects us from the reality of what we're consuming, right? So my concept, my approach is to use those same tactics, not to deceive, but to effectively communicate that difference rather than just relying on saying, you know, we're organic, we're sustainable. To attract people, sure that'll that'll attract a smaller crowd. But if we want to make a mainstream difference, we have to approach it like a mainstream brand. Um, so I, I did a presentation on this recently, actually, and I talked. I called it Taoist branding for <laughs> some hippy dippy boulder people out there, um, because rather than trying to fight the flow by boycotting or enacting policy that massive corporations will continue to fight and fight and fight in Congress. We can use their own tactics against them, kind of, you know, use the opponent's move in your favor and build from the existing framework to make that change. So when you're talking about deception, isn't advertising persuasion anyway? Yes, but I think that sustainability and impact brands, they have an opportunity to persuade naturally. People want to feel good. People want to, to make a difference. And what I found and what I think some researchers found, which I I can post as well, is that it's one thing to recycle. You feel good when you recycle. You feel good when you compost. You feel good when you buy it, when you uh, do other small sustainable things in your life. But people feel a real loyalty to the brands they purchase and they they feel a really strong connection um, to those brands. So, for example, if somebody goes to the store and they see a brand that's sustainable and they buy it, they feel like a better person for associating themselves with that brand. So that's one of the huge benefits of, of being an impact brand, even if your, your whole process isn't necessarily fully sustainable or, uh, and, and you're only donating to a certain cause or supporting a certain cause, or you don't have a donation or a cause, but you are fully sustainable in your practices or equitable or cruelty-free, people attach those meanings to themselves. So if you're sustainable and organic and I buy your product, now I'm sustainable and organic and that makes me feel good. And so if every time I buy your product, I get a good kick in my head and well, not a kick, of, <laughs> I get a good kick of yeah. and orphans and good feelings. I'm going to keep going back like a habit, like a habit loop. I'm going to keep going back for that reward, buying your product, because it makes me feel like a good person to buy it.
0: I think that's a, I, I wish that were true for everybody in the world. And I think that that's the, <laughs> the trick here is it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a small percentage, you know, the, from a lot of the conversations, at least from what. The dialogue has been here and the research and and the uh links that people have sent in is it's really 12 to 15 percent of people in the united states actually care uh, hmm. about this um we got a comment here from zach thanks appreciate that zach yeah exactly. the, uh, the comment about that the um it's only really 15 percent of people care And when i was talking about the mainstream you know how do we get that point across i don't think that many people in the mainstream who don't understand my p- opinion Sustainability care, they, they don't care and they're not going to feel better about it. So through branding, we do have to talk really about value and benefits and really how it's going to uh, affect them personally. So whether that's their pocketbook. So I maintain that sustainability can't cost any more, whether it's a product, whether it's a package. We have to be truly disruptive in slash prices in there because I definitely know the mainstream won't pay more than 10 percent ever. For a sustainable product, you know whatever that means, or an eco or recycled product, and so the trick is really how do we move this toward how do we how do we move this toward um, the mainstream to be able to get them to not have to be educated and buy into sustainability, just do it naturally. Because I would rather spend marketing dollars on on the products. And reducing costs through innovation than having to educate the mainstream on something that they may never they may never do, you right. know, or may never buy your product. So it's an interesting balance how to do that. But but I, I absolutely believe that you're on the right track. And I would say, I mean, I, I've been in advertising marketing for 30 years, and I don't want to say that I'm, you know, jaded or anything, but I understand, you know, how hard it is sometimes to take to, to get people to change. But I would say, keep going on your mission. You're younger in your career, but keep on that. You know, don't get into that because it's it's not only noble and valid, it's necessary. We've we've got a couple comments here. Crystal, so relevant to where our company is, spot on points, thanks for that. I appreciate that. Uh, from one here from Lily, read a survey where two out of three people said they care. 65% consumers of all ages say they would pay more. Awesome. If you could post that, that would be great because yeah. that that's is what I've seen, but I would love to get more of that information and the more data points that we can have to reference and get the word out on shows like this, the better it is going to be to spread the word and, you know, where to find products, where to find studies, all that stuff that's going to make more people understand the value of sustainability.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I I I I've also seen higher figures than what you quoted, but I agree that the main way to go about this I think that by, if you can and you should effectively communicate your sustainable attributes and your impact attributes, however, the easiest way we're going to actually make change is doing it behind the scenes, putting brands out that if people were to dig deeper, they'd find out that you're organic and vegan and sustainable and your practices or whatever else you want to do to make an impact. But otherwise, they just see it as a brand on the shelf and they choose it for any other number of reasons, the design, the personality it appeals to. So... Really, I, when I'm building brands, I see it as two entirely different sections. We start with the core of the brand, and that's where we figure out your values and your higher purpose goals, how you're gonna to contribute to the world, why your product's gonna be different. And then from there, we build out the personality. The, and the, obviously the obstacle with that is avo- having brands avoid going straight from, we're organic and vegan, to we appeal to granola hikers, right? The, the idea here is to appeal to all different markets, and that's where the branding starts. So. Communicating your effect, your sustainable attributes is extremely important, but like you said, branding in a a mainstream sense is where we're really going to start making the change. When somebody can go to the store, as they can now in most cases, go to the store and see a brand on the shelf and buy it just like they buy any other mainstream brand because of the name recognition, because of the price, because of the innovation, because of the design, if you can get all those things down and be delivering sustainable attributes, you're you got a you got a double punch going. You're doing much better than other brands are. And that's uh that's
0: why what you do is extremely valuable. Is to not just educate, but actually help companies understand why it's valuable and they. So it's their decision, not just you saying, "Hey, I'm a sustainability impact expert." You know? Right. We've got a, another comment here. Of course, people or what people say versus what they actually do are two different things. Right. And let's relate that back to companies. So if you're working with a company. And you start to pose all these questions to them about, are you actually living sustainably or are you just wanting a brand that doesn't look like a weed brand, but actually looks like a sustainable brand? And the tagline isn't we care, you know, we're sustainable and we care. How do you how do you work with them to
1: to get them to actually do what they say they're going to do? Well, I think the starting point. There's two, there's two aspects to this. One thing is that I think people, everybody cares about something, whether it's sustainability or something else, everybody cares about something. Everybody has a cause they care about. Most people have a charity they donate to. So part of what we do in the branding process is audience research. We're finding out, you know, the people that you're trying to connect with, what do they care about? And can you care about that too? How can you show you care about that to the same extent that they do? And something I've noticed just, you know, being out in the industry and and living in the world is that there's so many stupid really disconnected sponsorships like uh you know i can't i can't give a real example but like a cannabis brand sponsoring a car wash it has nothing to do with what they're doing right It, it doesn't make a direct association with the brand so when people say you know oh this car wash is sponsored by you know xx company why, why did they do that? Why do they care about this? I don't really care about this. I wish they were contributing to causes that I care about. So well,
0: that- let's talk about that specifically here in Colorado. You see on the highways, those are sponsored by cannabis companies, mm-hmm. like you've seen those, well, those are mm-hmm. signs on the highway. What do you think that means?
1: Well, I think I, I think that's a good one because it's clearly environmental in nature, and people who use cannabis tend to care about the environment. But there's lots of people who use cannabis who care about treating their pain, and they care less about the environment. So you can be donating to to research funds for certain, you know, pain, chronic pain issues. It's once you start thinking about it, it and the problem is that most people don't even get to the stop process. They just kind of go, well, you know, what charity can we donate to? What charity do I care about? What charity does, does our team care about? The question is. Our target audience, what change do they want to see in the world? How are we creating that change? And how can we use our profits and our, our, our name brand, our power to make that change for them? And that's how they remember you. When they see the PR that you're directly making substantive change in their life and in the world beyond just the product or the offering that you're offering, uh, that's when they'll start to say, wow, this brand is like a person that I know. This, is, this brand is just like me. And as soon as they make that connection, as soon as, soon as somebody's brain... Stop seeing you as a faceless company and sees you as a friend or or somebody they respect and admire. That's when the, that's when they're loyal for life.
0: This uh, this weekend, I was working on a paper with the Cannabis Manufacturers Guild, and the paper was really about kind of trends coming up within the industry for sustainability. And I was talking about brands there and brand loyalty, which is similar to what you were talking about now. And really, you know, what I'm maintaining is that companies have an amazing opportunity coming up this year. To have corporate social responsibility, sustainability, equity, diversity, to have those as their brand, not not necessarily typically what you might think of a brand as a color or a logo or or anything or even a position. It's really just those are transparent elements that you as a company are are important to you and they're important to you. And here's why. And it comes from the manager, CEO, C-level all the way down talk about your vision, talk about why it's important, talk about transparency, talk about why what we're doing within the sustainability space matters. And companies that don't do that are gonna have a tremendously hard time this year keeping customers, let alone getting new customers. Mm -hmm. So I see the value of sustainability as a a massive push into being responsible with your company all the way through the supply chain. And that is a way to get new customers, whether they believe in sustainability or not. It's that transparency, especially with what's happened over the past year. Brands that are transparent in talking about what they're doing and back that up with action, like we were talking about a minute ago and what Lily was saying, those are the brands that are going to go forward. And those brands will be sustainable in the fact that they'll be around. The other ones are gonna have a very hard time convincing customers unless they're transactional, but then again, those customers may not come back. So I see it as a huge benefit to what you're doing.
1: Absolutely, and that touches on another topic that I'd love to, to talk about, which is greenwashing. And for those who aren't familiar, greenwashing is a, is a practice a lot of corporations use to make their products appear eco-friendly, but if you dig a little deeper, they're actually not. And I think that, you know, that is, such a dangerous thing to do now because especially with social media every company is out in the open and if somebody starts to dig a little bit and they can expose that company people will leave that leave that brand in people will stop buying from it entirely so if you can start from scratch with an ethical transparent production or, or service offering process people are going to notice that people are, and when people the, the people who do dig deeper dig deeper they are going to be able to report back to everybody else who cares less and they'll say, no, this brand is legit. They really care what they're, they really care about what they say they care about. They're really doing what they say they're doing. We can trust it. As soon as you start to damage or erode that trust with, with your customers, you lose it forever.
0: You know, we, I had a talk with Melissa from, from CMG and it was about greenwashing. It was one of the, I think it was the third episode and and we talked a lot about that. And my, my, um, you know, belief is that companies need to say what they're doing, even if it's 1% or 2% better than it was yesterday. Yeah. So a lot of companies are like, well, I'm not green, so I can't say anything. And if I say I am, I'm just greenwashing. And mm-hmm. the companies that I've counseled, it's like, no, that's, that's actually not really, um, to, that doesn't help you. Neither one of those help you. So what you need to do is you need to say this is what we are doing. We're trying, and here's our plan. So we're gonna implement these practices in 2021, 22, 23, by 2025, we'll, we, we seek to be carbon neutral. We seek to invest in bioplastics. That type of brand to me is very attractive because I know they're trying. I know corporate America, it's very hard to change. It's very hard to get new SKUs. It's hard to change practices. It takes a lot of money. And it takes time. But the companies that have a plan and it's it's in their roadmap and it's in their, you know, I guess, five year plan are the companies that, that I would want to do business with, no matter what that is. Even if right now they're terrible for the environment and they say, we recognize that and we recognize we need to do better. And that comes down from the CEO. And here's our plan and here's what we we're going to do. To me, that means that is a good brand moving forward.
1: Right. I think it comes from the CEO and from the and from the market, right? What is the market demanding? What are the people, what is your audience looking for in your company? What how do they want to see you evolve? And what you just said touches on something else I wanted to address as well, which is that your vision for your company shapes the future of your company. And that sounds obviously like a platitude, it makes you know perfect sense. When you think about it, a lot of people who start their company, they don't know what it's gonna look like in five years or 10 years. They're just trying to get it going. And by by thinking in the future and having really high standards for yourself that's how you reach those goals. By starting from scratch with a huge vision that you may never accomplish, but that's what keeps you going is having such a a huge vision that motivates your audience and motivates your team and motivates you as a a founder or CEO or whatever position you're in. Having that motivation to reach that high level goal is what will keep people interested in your company, will keep you moving toward those those goals. And that to me is the difference. That's what what makes the difference between companies that are eco-friendly and sustainable and they have the green leaf logo, they're not setting their sights high enough, right? It's it's our job now, it's our role. There's enough market opportunity to completely overthrow the current mainstream marketplace, of, the corporate mainstream marketplace of unsustainable practices. I truly believe that it's our responsibility as entrepreneurs and, and, and a branding professional is what I do to foster that change and, and to give companies the brand they need to rock it to success. Because we see it all the time. You see it's a random brand, like for example, this isn't a sustainable brand, but Supreme. Supreme, the clothing brand. It got huge <laughs> in no time at all because of its strong brand. And it, it's honestly not even that strong of a brand. They they have, they have they appeal to a certain audience, and that's kind of it. There, there's so many more elements to a brand. But by just hitting one or two of those important branding points, they were able to launch to success in almost no time at all, from what I understand. Um, And although I'm not, I'm not super familiar with their history, but as a consumer, that's how it seemed. They just suddenly became mainstream. Perception,
0: right? It's charging
1: premium prices while you know Aunt Sally's CBD organic dog treats are stuck at the local shop. The difference is the brand. The difference is the understanding of the audience. The difference is the vision they have for their company. And you're losing a lot of money and a lot of potential in your business by setting your sites low and small.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can when you're counseling them. You can tell them that and they can always say no. Right. But at least you said it, you know, right. at least that, I mean, that's the value of your counsel is, is that the open you know, line, right? if, if they wanted a new logo design, they could go on Upwork or something, but that right. isn't the value of a brand, the brand, as we say, right. it's all the way through. So I want to touch back on what you said about your thesis. I mean, that's really, really interesting that you did your thesis on can of branding. I hadn't heard anybody who have done who has done that before and I'd, I'd like to know more about that and and tell the viewers really what that why you came up with that and what it was about because that's uh but that's that's cool that you did that
1: yeah i was the only person i looking back now that i live in colorado i am shocked that i was the only person in my university who took an interest in cannabis industry <laughs> of course it was a university in north carolina and a lot of people are from the east coast but you know, plenty of them use cannabis, but there was there was such a stigma around it still because it was it is illegal in North Carolina. Hmm. That that when I spoke up in class and said, "Well, I want to get into cannabis branding because you know I, that's the best way I could see to change the world right now." Because it, I guess I should backtrack a bit. The reason I wanted to get into cannabis branding was I, I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do with my life or how I wanted to apply my talents and the branding and adver- or at least the advertising industry I felt was deceptive on the whole. Um, and promoted companies I didn't agree with. And I was trying to find, you know, what's something I can believe in? What's something I can promote that I can feel good promoting? And for me, that was cannabis because cannabis had such a a huge effect on my self-confidence, my, you know, emotional evolvement, my my maturity, especially my ADHD. I was on Adderall for about 12 years and never really felt positive effects in my focus, Hmm. motivation, and cannabis changed that in an instant. Um, So I, I really value it as a tool for for wellness in people's lives hmm. and so i as i kind of naturally evolved throughout my major i keep doing ca- projects in the cannabis industry and cannabis branding my media law class i did cannabis law so i was always trying to find a way to make myself a better you know entry to the industry more more formidable entry and uh in my my, I, my my major was in strategic communications so my capstone was communications research strategic research And I had already been talking to several mentors and internships that I had at different cannabis branding agencies. So I reached out to them, the founders and and creative directors, and said, would you be willing to talk to me for about a half an hour or an hour and answer some questions about, you know, where the cannabis industry is going, how you see branding playing a part. Uh, And I did a a literature review on, on all the, first of all, literature on branding and trying to connect it to cannabis. And what I found was that Branding defies consumer theory, <laughs> which was really interesting to me, because basic consumer theory says people will buy whatever is the cheapest. If if there's a good option that's that's cheaper than the other, people will gravitate toward the cheaper option. So why do people spend a $1,000 on an Apple phone when it's basically functionally similar to an Android phone, which is $500 less? And they buy it because the brand, right? The brand. Right. 100%. Yeah, Change yeah. of things. And in the burgeoning industry, like cannabis, where price is important to people, and people, you know, they'll they'll they don't want to buy an inferior product, but they'll buy a standard compliant product from anybody if it's cheaper. It would be the common wisdom, but it's not. You can charge a lot more for your product, especially if you're if you're impactful in what you do and you connect with your audience on that vision. Uh, if if you can make that that difference and you can brand in a very professional way that stands up, those are the brands that we've seen get huge, like Dosist and Incandescent these these brands that came out looking like existing mainstream brands shot to the top because especially in cannabis we have to appeal like you said to mainstream people yeah obviously it's getting easier now than it was five or six years ago when i wrote my thesis but uh at that time a lot a large portion was trying to figure out how do we get into people's heads how do we change how they think about cannabis and another part of my paper was about inoculation theory uh, which we had a phrase that would be the D.A.R.E. program that I went through and most people went through who live in America now. And part of that is that when you inoculate somebody with a belief system that cannabis is bad for them or bad for society or dangerous, you put, it's, you basically give them a quote unquote vaccine against other belief systems. So here's what to believe about cannabis. And if somebody tells you differently, here's a rebuttal. So you're still hmm. tight, right. Right. They, they, they close your mind off to having a deeper understanding of it. Mm-hmm. So our role in branding is to make those mainstream options and those impactful options uh, so that people, when they do go buy cannabis, can feel safe. They don't they don't associate it with those negative associations they've had in the past. And by becoming mainstream brands, becoming uh, impactful brands, people might start to see beyond that, those negative stereotypes.
0: That inoculation was interesting. When you were talking about that, I was thinking about what you said at the beginning when you said something about it's cold and and they're just casseroles. So you moved from cold casserole belief system into cannabis and living in Boulder, right?
1: I really had to fight upstream. My family was against me getting cannabis branding, but I felt so passionate about how it was impacting my life, even if nobody believed me. And I mean, not nobody believed me, but I'm not Matilda, but I definitely it was hard to get people to understand, like, this is what this is what's changing my life right now. And I think yeah. it change it'll a lot of people's lives for the better. And that's how I want to contribute to society. But when I started Brand Shine on the side as a freelance project, I started making more money at it, had more control over who I was working with. And now over time, I've moved away from working with small businesses and now I'm just focusing on impact startups. That's my whole focus now. So whether they're in cannabis or another industry, that's who I want to help succeed. That's
0: awesome. Well, how can people get a hold of you? This has been really informative, and I, I encourage anyone out there who wants to know more uh, from ASA so to get get a hold of him. Can you say your, your website, your email, so people can spell out your email for them? Sure. So my
1: website is brandshinecreative.com, B R A N D S H I N E, like brandshinecreative.com. And you can reach me personally at hello at brandshinecreative.com, or you can book an appointment with me on my site. I'm always happy to just have a, a nice chat. Uh, that's actually another benefit of sharing a vision with your clients is I talk to people a while. <laughs> we have a lot in common. We talk about a lot of stuff and make a good connection. So I'd love to chat with you if you have a, a similar uh, worldview to mine. Uh, and then also if you're interested in building your impact brand, you can go to brandshinecreative.com slash seven hyphen steps so the number seven hyphen steps and i put together a seven step branding guide for impact startup so it walks you through the whole branding process that we use at brand shine at a more a surface level and you'll get an idea of Maybe you'll, you'll get a stronger idea of how deep branding really goes and the impact it can have for your for your business.
0: That's awesome. Well, let's post that link uh, in the comments after, so people can just click on it and get right a hold of you. Sure. I, I appreciate your time. Great knowledge. Had a lot of fun. I look forward to talking with you again.
1: Yeah, you too, Benjamin. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, I hope everybody got some value out of this.
0: Sounds good.